Take your Bibles tonight and go to Matthew chapter 14. And uh, we, we, we entitled this, and you probably saw this, Leaving Your Comfort Zone. And it, some of you probably saw the title and was like, I'm not even watching that. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not tuning into that. I, I don't even want to hear about that. But I think this is, there's some really cool things that we need to study and look at when it comes to this. So when we think of the word comfort zone or being comfortable, that is the American dream. Everybody seeks to be comfortable, whether it's from the shoes that you buy, the clothes that you have, the bed, your car, you know, everything that we have, we, we, want, it, we want it to be comfortable. You go shopping for a couch, you sit on it and say, man, this is comfortable. Uh, this applies to a lot of situations uh, in life. And the, the word comfortable simply means providing physical ease and relaxation. It just, it's, it, whether it, it de-escalates your nerves or your nervousness about things like that or whatever, it's just like, man, I don't want to be that. Sometimes it's in conversations that may, it's not just shoes, but it become a conversation said, man, that was so uncomfortable. And we all go through things like this. We just don't want to be uncomfortable. I'll give you an illustration. I, I, I pray in front of people a lot. I speak in front of people a lot. But I remember one of the times that I was most uncomfortable and uh, it, this may just sound weird to you, but it was just out of my norm. And uh, I got asked to pray to open up the Senate uh, at the uh, downtown at the Capitol building. And they were doing that. And our senator asked if I would come and do that. And it's all these people in front. It's televised. It's recorded. It's all this stuff. And all I had to do is go up there and pray. And I just remember getting into that thinking, oh my goodness, I'm going to mess up. I'm going to fumble through my words. My mouth's going to go dry. I'm going to do something stupid. And I just remember being so uncomfortable because it was out of my norm. I was uneasy about it. It wasn't something that I did all the time. And I think that is something that's true with all of us. We don't like being put in stuff that we're unfamiliar with. So Jesus is training the disciples. He's getting them ready for something big. He wants to do great things with them. He wants to take them from just being fishermen to being fishers of men. And this is so important for us to understand his training. And I think sometimes we forget that God is training us. Jesus is calling us to be fishers of men. And everything that we deal with, everything that they went through, he was like, let me teach you something. Same thing with you do with your kids, from, from them tying their shoes to you point, something out, point out something in the store or whatever, and you're like, hey, do you know what that is? Do you know why this works? And Jesus was using everything that was going on as an illustration. He was teaching them through things. And he was preparing them for this big thing that he had going on that was going to change the world, the gospel. So they fed the 5,000. That was easy. That was probably comfortable. You know, it's like, what are we going to do? Let's feed people. I'm, I'm all over that. I can do that kind of stuff. Then we get into a story that's familiar, but I, I don't want to look at the aspects like you just say, man, I know all about this story. I want to take it from a different perspective. And in Matthew 14, verse 22, I want to read through this entire passage so read along with me. I hope you have your Bibles out and you're studying with me. And it says, In straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and to go before him unto the other side. And while he sent the multitudes away, and when he had sent the multitudes away, he went to a mountain apart to pray. And when the evening was, uh, was come, he was there alone. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, and the wind, wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went on to them walking on the sea, when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, Is it a spirit? It is a spirit. And they cried out for fear. 
But straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. And Peter answered and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me to come unto thee on the water. And he said, Come. When Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind was boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? And when they were coming to the ship, the wind ceased. And they that were uh, in the ship uh, came and worshipped him, saying, Of truth, thou art the Son of God. This is such a crazy story. And I want you to get this because we're learning the lessons from this. And that's why God gives us stories like this in the Bible. And God's not saying, hey, I want you to teach you how to walk on water. We're not trying to recreate the event. We're trying to study this event in history. We're trying to study what Jesus did and for us to learn the same lesson that he was teaching them. All of these stories that we have in the Bible are on purpose. But we have to ask the question, was it just about teaching people Peter to walk on water? Let me ask you. Do we ever hear of Peter walking on water after this? It was a matter of, Peter, I'm going to teach you a faster way to, to go through life or to get across water. No, don't lose sight of what it was. So if you're saying that wasn't the purpose, then we can acknowledge to ourselves as well, saying, hey, there had to be more to this. Jesus was teaching them something through this. So what is the lesson? What are we getting from this? So let me paint the scene here for you to see how uncomfortable the situation is. Okay, in verse 24, but the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, and the wind was contrary. So uh, th- this was the Sea of Tiberias. It's, it's the, the, the studies show that it's about 10 miles in diameter. About any way that you go, it's about 10 miles. So the Bible says that they were in the midst of it. So they were four or five miles into the middle of this. So you can imagine, you're that far, you can't see land, you, you can't see anything. It's just water as far as the eye can see. And the Bible says that there's this huge storm and they were tossed with the waves. Literally, they were just all over the place. There was no sitting still. There was no calm whatsoever. And if you've ever been in a smaller boat in the middle of something, you know what that's like. It's crazy. And lately around here, we've had a lot of storms. And you guys know this. It's just, it's just crazy. And we've had a lot of even flooding. And I remember waking up uh, this, with this last storm and it's beating against the house and it's shaking the siding on the outside and I can hear things blowing around. When you're like that, it just makes you so uneasy. And I'm literally thinking, what was that noise? What just blew over? It, it sounds like the siding is being ripped off the house. Now you can imagine that's with me being in a house. Imagine being out in the water. Imagine being in a small boat. Imagine what you're sitting on is going all over the place. The water and the waves are just crazy. Imagine there's no covering for you. You're feeling the wind. You're seeing the lightning. You're seeing all these things. And it's, it's just going crazy. And then it says in verse 25, it says in the fourth watch of the night. So the fourth watch of the night, they divided their uh, nights into like three hour increments. So this hour was between 3 and 6 p.m., 3 and 6 a.m. So it's this, it's in the early uh, aspects of the morning. And you can imagine it's dark. I mean, towards the six hour or or six o'clock, maybe it was changing a little bit depending uh, on the season and things, but they had flashing of lights. You got to think this is, this is uncomfortable that they lost control. They're stuck. It's dark. They can't go anywhere. You can't see. Let's make things worse. Let's just add to this. Let's just make it worse. You can imagine verse 25. In the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them, walking on the sea. And you say, well, that's pretty cool. Not to them. 
It says, and when, they, when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, it is a spirit. And they cried out for fear. You say, why were they doing that? They'd never seen Jesus walk on the water before. They've never seen anybody walk on the water before. None of this was normal. None of this happened, that normally happened. It was, and you think about it, you and I would be seriously scared as well if that happened. I mean, if you're out there and they're just seeing this, literally this person walking across and, and I, I can imagine with the lightning and him being lit up at times and disappearing and in the darkness and everything, they're literally saying, if this can't get any worse, now we're being haunted. And it's not just a, something in their imagination. It was literally something that was happening. You say, this is a crazy situation, but why? What do we get from this? Why is this so uncomfortable? Why does God do this to us? Number one, let's look at this. Uncomfortable situations can be a setup by God. You say, well, that, that was random or that happened or that just was a coincidence. No. Verse 22, and straightway Jesus constrained the disciples to get into a ship, get in the boat, go before him. I'm not even going with you guys go before me and, and go to the other side while he sent the multitudes away. Do you see what's happening? I mean, Jesus is not even getting in the boat with them. It was, it was all a setup. And, and of course, we know that Jesus knew. I mean, everything that was happening inside of this story, he knew. It was a setup. It was intentional. It was on purpose. I, I think for us, a lot of times, we pray to avoid constantly. Lord, I, I don't want to get involved in that. that. That would be uncomfortable. Lord, I wouldn't even know what to do. I wouldn't know what to say. I wouldn't. We try to avoid uncomfortable situations all the time. I mean, that's, that, that's, what, that's what we do. It's in our, our human nature. It's like if there's conflict, I'll just won't say anything. I mean, if, if, whatever it is. And here God is literally saying or showing us at the beginning of this. He goes, by the way, I set this up. I, I wanted it to happen. Now, I, it's, I, I think sometimes in our lives, there are certain things that we're just we, we hate, we almost feel like they're bad. Like, I, 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 I wouldn't know what to do or I wouldn't know what to say. I, I felt like my world was falling apart and God would have nothing to do with it. No, let, let, me, let me tell you something. Just because something is uncomfortable doesn't mean that it's not of God. And sometimes, literally, in our lives, for God to get us where he wants us to be, he's got to push us into uncomfortable situations. He's got to take us from our comfort zone, maybe from the feeding of the 5,000 and the potlucks and the Bible studies. And God says, I'm glad you like that. Now, let me push you into some place that you're not going to like. And we would reject that. I mean, if, the, if God gave them the option, they wouldn't choose to do that. They, they would not choose that. Now, notice what happens, verse 27. But straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I. Be not afraid. And Peter answered and said, Lord, if, thou, uh, if it be thou, bid me to come unto thee on the water. And he said, come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. Jesus walks on the water. And you've got to think what happens is he doesn't just appear in the boat, which he could have. We know Jesus could, did those types of things. He, he didn't just light himself up and say, here I am. Jesus was afar off and kind of stood to acknowledge, speaking to them, don't be afraid, I'm over here. It's a setup. He's doing something. He's giving them opportunities. Everything that God does in the Bible was on purpose. 
But, you know, let me, sh- let me show you something. When, when we read about the walls of Jericho and they fell down, it was on purpose. It was to accomplish a mission. It was a, to break down an obstacle. With the Red Sea, it was an obstacle. With the plagues, it was to break down Pharaoh to, for, to let his people go. The manna was on purpose. It was a miracle, but it was on purpose to feed them. They were all to fix something, to accomplish something. And this is so different. This wasn't just to accomplish something. It was to teach something. I think sometimes we only want God to do miraculous things because we want him to do something. You know what I'm saying? I I need God to do a miracle because I need this bill paid. I need God to do a miracle because I need this healing. I want God to do a miracle because I want a change of jobs or whatever. This this had nothing to do with this. You got to think there was no need for Peter to walk on the water. It wasn't like that this was going to help in this situation because at the end of the story, Peter gets right back in the boat. So you got to think what God was doing through all this is he was teaching them. God knew that he had big plans for those guys. And in order to do that, he had to set them up and bring them through an uncomfortable situation to help them realize this. That leads us right into our second point. You see, God uses uncomfortable situations to lead us to greater things. You think about this. We all would pray for greater things. I mean, we would, I, I did a sermon series a long time ago when we were talking about taking ministries of our church to the next level, and we've seen God do a lot of things through this. But think about what's going on. They are in this boat, they, they, in, in the boat made by man. So I want you to look at this <clears throat> picture of a boat from their days back in the Bible times. And you've got, you got to think <clears throat> that boat was made by man. Think about that. The boat was made by man. It's what they accomplished. They designed it. They set it up. They put it together. It was their design, their efforts, their work. So if, if you could, it could have gone under at any moment. At any, at any time, that boat could have gone under. But you got to think about the boat. Peter was a fisherman. Peter was very familiar with boats. He was, a boat was part of his trade. It was part of his life, being on the water. He knew this. That John, the book of John talks about how at the end of it that he said, I go fishing. And the Bible says that he fished all night. I mean, hours and hours and hours of laboring and standing from one side to the other. You see, being in a storm was also probably common, maybe not as far out as they were, but I'm saying as being caught out in the water for this. So I'm going to tell you that where he was at was a very familiar thing for him. Now, if, if we were talking about some of the other characters in the Bible, I'd say maybe, maybe not so much. They would travel by boat, but with a fisherman, he was very familiar with what he was doing. Now, notice verse 29, and he said, come. And Peter was come down out of the ship, and he walked on the water to go to Jesus. Let me show you this. To experience greater things, I ask you this. Are you willing to leave what you're used to? You say, I want to experience greater things. Well, God wanted them to experience greater things. But God said, the only way that I can do this, and man, I hope for anybody that is part of a church, for anybody that's part of our church to zone in on this right now. Are you willing to leave what you're used to? Are you willing for God to change some things in your life in order for him to accomplish what he wants to do? You see, in order for this passage, it says when he was come down out of the ship, he had to step away from what felt safe. And I, and I know you sit there and say, Hey, that, that didn't feel safe. It was all over the place. It was, a, it was a place that was safe for them being in the water in the middle of a storm. 
See, it was something that felt familiar. It was something that you know. See, we struggle with this. I'll be honest. I struggle with this. I have some things on my heart right now that I feel like that God is leading me to do and God's leading me to talk about and God's leading me to present and share and things like that. And I'll just be honest. It scares me to death. It scares me to death. See, I have a certain way of doing things. And when you do things in your life and you do things in church and you do things in ministry a certain way, you get used to it and it's comfortable. And I feel safe doing those things. I feel safe in that. I mean, this whole coronavirus thing has thrown the world uh, uh, upside down because of the fact is that we, he took away everything that we were used to doing, our, our comfort zones, the things that you know, the things you've gotten good at doing, the things that you've mastered doing, the things that make sense to you. You know, you know what I'm saying? We all have that way. That's why we're terrified of getting a new job. Just like, I don't know, it's unfamiliar. My last job, I knew it. I, I had confidence, but this is new. This is different. And it's the same thing with going off to college or getting married or ta- moving or starting a ministry or whatever it is. See, when God calls out to you to come to him, you, you have to understand what he's doing is he has a purpose for it. It can be hard to let go of what you have and what you've grown accustomed to. And, and, and you say, how do you know that? Because all of the disciples could have walked on the water to Jesus, but only one of them did. And you think about why is that a big deal? Why only Peter? <clears throat> Get this, and I want you to understand this. The other guys were not wrong for not getting out. This wasn't a sin issue of choosing right from wrong. It wasn't a matter of that. It wasn't a command. I, Peter was the one that requested it, the, the opportunity that stood before him of like, wait a minute. If God is doing that, if God is offering it, could, could I have that? To have spiritual heights to say, wait a minute. Maybe there's more going on there. Maybe this is bigger than what I even imagined. I think that's what Jesus was waiting for them to see. To say, do you understand who I am? Why do you stay hovered and and, and clinging to something you created rather than coming to the one that created everything? Why do you put so much confidence in what you made when God was standing, Jesus was standing there saying, I made all of this. And Peter, something clicked with him, and he's saying, wait a minute. It wasn't a matter of right and wrong. It was a matter of an opportunity that, like, yes, I want to experience something bigger or more. That's why Ephesians 3.20, it says, now unto him that is able. He's able. Literally, I I can do this. I, I can do this. He's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. God is saying there's so much more to this. But I think the reason that some of us experience and some people don't is just a matter of who wants it. Who, who's matter, who's willing to let go of what we hold on to, our comfort zone, wherever you're at. Maybe you're in a ministry and God's bringing you to this and you're just saying, but I just don't know. I can't, I'm not letting go of this. I, I'm not changing things. I don't know that. I'm not doing that. See, Jesus presented Peter with an opportunity. I'll ask you this. How often have you missed out on an opportunity because you were holding on to what you were familiar with or what you were comfortable with and you weren't willing to let go. You weren't willing to let go. The, the other guys were just clinging in the boat, just saying, guys, I've never been on the wall. I'm not doing that. I, I know this. I'm going to cling to this board right now because I feel comfortable. And I think this happens with churches a lot of times. Churches, God will sit there and say, hey, you want, you want to try something? 
You, you, can I do something greater with you? Can I show you the, the, the power that I have? Can I show you the faith that I want to build up in you? Can I show you? Well, I'm not going to you. You're going to have to come to me. And a lot of times, those churches, those Christians just check out saying, uh-uh, no way. That's terrifying. Here, to experience greater things, here's the second thing. Are you willing to step into the unknown? Now, I know this is a Disney song for all of you that it just lost you because you just started singing songs from Frozen 2. I need you to come back, okay? Just come back, click that off in your mind. See, Peter worked on a boat most of his life, and, and, but getting out of a boat in the middle of the water was not something he did. It's not something he ever did, I promise you. He would have died. It's not something you do. See, before this, they could have asked Peter, what's it like to walk on the water? And he would have said, I, I don't know, I've never done that before. I don't know, what, what are you talking about walking on the water? That's, I've never done that before. What do you mean, how is it like? I don't know, I've, he's never done this. The question is, is, uh, is water walking a skill that Peter needed to learn? Well, you say, well, no. Why is it? Then, then, then the lesson is not about how to walk on water. The lesson is how to step out on faith. You, you want to know what God does in every one of our lives? As God will put you in your, meet you in your comfort zone, wherever you're standing, he'll stand on the other side, and he'll sit there and say, without faith, it's impossible to please me. Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. You realize that faith for all of us is the same thing. It's just like with Peter. You get out of the boat, I'm going to sink. I, I haven't, there's nothing. I don't know where, where am I going to stand. What am I going to stand? What am I going to cling to? There's nothing. I, I, I'm going to have to let go of what I can hold on to to, to trust in the, the, these words of Jesus saying, Come. Do you understand that a lot of times, no, every time, the only way that God's going to do greater things with his people is when they're willing to trust in him so much that they're willing to let go and step into the unknown of just, I have no idea. I think of Pastor and Mrs. Denoff coming here 55 years ago to start Fellowship Baptist Church. What did they know to expect? They had no clue. They didn't know. All they knew is God said, come, do this. And I think over and over again, the only way that God does great things, the only way that God can do great things is through great faith. If we don't demonstrate true faith, if we don't step out and trust God and listen to him and follow him, we will not experience greater things. things faith is the substance of things hoped for, but the evidence of things not seen, literally the unknown and stepping into the unknown, they're probably asking Peter, and I know they didn't because this happened so fast, but if they did, it'd be like, Peter, is this going to work? Peter was like, I don't know. Are you going to sink? I, I don't know. I mean, is, what, what if you trip? What's going to happen to you? I, I don't know. Are you, are you willing to follow Jesus even when you don't know? Will it work? I, I don't know. Peter was just simply, I don't know. I've I, I've faced things in ministry to make changes, and I've done things to try to improve and change things. And I've asked myself the question, is, is this going to work? I don't know. I've never done it before. But the thing that I do know is if Jesus starts speaking to me, if he starts speaking to you, you'd be a fool not to listen to the one that holds everything together. The one that has called me to begin with and the one that wants me to experience greater things. 
But the thing is, I have to trust in the one that's calling me. I have to. See, the Christian life is a life of faith. It's, it's, now, listen, Hebrews 10, 38. Now, the just shall live by faith. But if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. Think about what he's saying. Jesus said, I'm, I'm going to set you up. And that's what this is. It's a setup. And he says, I'm going to show you greater things. I want to do big things for you. I want to do big things through you. I'll set it up. But I'm telling you right now, if you don't have faith in a mighty, amazing God, then it's impossible to please him. You'll never, ever, ever. And you, with this being said like this, I, I think that it's... Just like with Peter, there's, there's a lot more of God calling out of wherever you're at. He's saying, God, jump in the boat with me. And I said, no, 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 that's, that's not faith. I'm going to stand over here in the middle of the chaos, and I'm going to ask you to come to me. See, but getting out of our comfort zones has to be a life of faith. It has to be an action. Stepping into the unknown, being Christians today, we have to live this way because we're living it right now. And we're living in chaos. And, and you say, what is next? I don't know. Can we all be honest and, and say, and so many people are saying, things will never be the same again, and this won't be the same, and all this other stuff. You say, oh, should we be afraid? No. Because Jesus came to them in the middle of the chaos, in the middle of not knowing. And the one instruction that was confident that he said to them is, you don't have to be afraid. Don't be afraid was the very words that came out of the mouth of Jesus when he started this, was just don't be afraid. You don't have to be afraid when Jesus starts talking to you to tell you to do something crazy. But I tell you, you're going to miss out big time on greater things if you don't listen. Here's, here's, the, the, here's the next thing, to experience greater things. I ask you this question, are you willing to do what does not make sense? Are you willing to do what does not make sense? Verse 29 again, and it says, and he walked on the water. Okay, he walked on the water. If it said sand, if it said brick, if it said road, if it said path, if it said dirt, it would make sense. But walk on water, they don't go together. And you say, well, duh. Do we read that and acknowledge that that does not make sense? This is important for us to get. You say, what, what was, why were they freaking out to begin with? Because of the fact is that they saw a person walking on the water and they thought it was a spirit. And they said, well, why didn't they think it was Jesus? Because it didn't make sense for it to be Jesus because nobody walks on water. They didn't say, oh, there comes Jesus walking on the water like it was normal. No, that never registered with them. This does not make sense. You see, with all of this, I think we wait for things to make sense to us before we're willing to have a step of faith. You got to think about this. Wouldn't it have been easier for them to sit there and say, for Peter to say, Jesus, I really want to try that. This is okay. Come to me. Can we, can you make the storm stop first? But you realize that in the middle of Jesus calling him to do something that logically doesn't add up, he did it in the middle of an uncomfortable situation. Here, here's the point that I'm trying to get across. There are a lot of things that God is going to ask us to do. And when you look at it and you say, this does not make sense, then it's probably going to be pretty cool because God does things that doesn't make sense to us. His ways are not our ways. 
And I know you, we say that all the time, but you've got to understand, if God leads us to vision or God leads you to do something or God calls you to something and you start analyzing, figuring it up, and I know people do this with tithing. It's like, well, that doesn't make sense. It must be a great thing. You say, man, God's calling me to do some sort of ministry. God's calling me to move. God's calling me to step out and do something like that. But I'll be honest, nothing makes sense. Praise God. It must be of God then because God works in ways that does not make sense to man. Because man does not walk on water. But I tell you, we can walk on the water that God created because God's in control. Here, here's the last point. We'll be done. See, God calls us to trust him when things don't make sense. Because God uses uncomfortable situations to teach us. You've got to understand that God leads us to do uncomfortable things in our lives to teach us. He, he does this on purpose See, Peter would never forget this. See, because in uncomfortable situations that God brings us through, it is, it's, it, there's a reason for it. See, in uncomfortable situations, we learn this. Number one, our God is greater than our circumstances. I, I want to explain this. Here, the middle of this chaos, in the middle of a storm and lightning and waves and the boat all over the place and everything, and they look up, and Jesus is standing solid in front of them. I don't know how far. I don't know. I don't know if it was 10 feet, 100 feet. I don't know. But I do know this, that God was literally standing on the thing that they feared. God was standing there in the middle of the storm and the waves and, the, and all, all the chaos. And God's just standing there, just just looking at him, just, just standing there in full control, not being tossed by the waves, not going under from the, the water that they were standing on, not, not being touched by any of the circumstances it is a powerful statement of, in the middle of that saying, I don't know what you're afraid of because I'm telling you that I'm in control of all this. And God was making this presence known in the middle of that, like showing up in the middle of, remember, you guys go ahead. I'll be there. You guys go ahead. You go ahead. And then all of a sudden, they're in the middle of this, and they're sitting there, where's Jesus now? And Jesus was almost making a statement saying, I'm right here. This is what I do in storms. This is what I do in your life. I'm right here. So I want to tell you, if God leads you to do something crazy, if God leads you to do something that doesn't make sense, if God is calling you out of your comfort zone of what you're used to, what you made, what you developed, what, you, what you've mastered in your life, and he's going to bring you to something else, I'm going to tell you this. You're going to find Jesus smack in the middle of it saying, I'm in control of all this. God is greater than our circumstances. Number two, our God invites us to greater things. You, you see, this is what we're, we're, we're learning through this. God is inviting you to do greater things. You say, I thought we were talking about Peter. No, this is the Bible spoken to us. It's not that God is just saying that he's greater than our circumstances. God is literally saying, I want you, whoever you are, to come to him. See, but the thing is, you have to get out of the boat. You have to listen. You have to take action. Faith, listen, faith is not just saying, I believe that God can it's following Jesus to do it. You can't stay in the boat and say, man, I have faith in God. When God's saying, well, then come out here. I trust you. You're awesome. That's not faith. Faith is getting out of the boat when you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know where it's going to go. I, I, nothing adds up. 
So I'm going to ask you, has God called out to you? Is God calling out to you right now? Speaking to your heart, doing something in your life right now. Here's the third lesson that we learn from this is our God never fails. We fail. And you say, Tony, I'm going to tell you right now. If, if I was to do something crazy, I'd fall smack on my face. I'm telling you, I'd make such a big mess of it. I'm not that type of person that has that great faith. I'm not the Billy Graham of our generation. I'm not, I'm not that dude. I'm not that the lady. I'm not that person. Why don't, you, why don't you go preach this message to the big faith followers and the ones that truly trust God in that way? Well, this story is for us. I promise you. Look at in verse 30. But when he saw the wind was boisterous, this is Peter in the middle of it. He was afraid and began to sink and cried, Lord, saying, Lord, save me. Do you know what happened in the middle of this is he messed up. He got distracted looking at everything around. And I think the thing is with a lot of us, we're, we're not willing to step out on faith. We're not willing to leave our boats or our comfort zones because of the fact is in our minds, I'm probably going to mess this up. And I don't know what's going to happen, but let me show you what's going to happen. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? And you say, I'm, I'm not, I don't have faith. And he said, you have little faith, but he did have faith in the middle of it. The Bible says immediately. Isn't that cool? Immediately, I'm going to die. And then all of a sudden he's like, oh, there's a hand. I'm okay. Because that's what God calls us to do things and we mess up. He's there. That is the grace of God. That is the love of God. So it doesn't matter if God calls you to do something that doesn't make sense. If he's the one calling you, you're going to be okay. So I'm going to ask you a question. How did, how did he get back in the boat? If you think about it, we, all we hear is from, from the point of Peter failing and drowning, or almost drowning, crying out, Lord, save me, and the next thing they're in the boat. Uh, Jesus either carried him or walked back with him, but I can tell you this, he didn't finish that alone. He did it with Jesus. Because the next thing we see is them back in the boat. And I love how this finishes this whole thing. It says in verse 32, And when they were coming to the ship, the wind ceased. You say, wait a minute, why didn't... Wait a minute. He could make the wind stop? That would have been really cool if Jesus would have just did that when Peter was out there. Because the very thing that made Peter fail was getting distracted by the waves and everything. Why didn't he just do it then? Because he would have missed the lesson. Do you understand? The whole setup of it was to get him out of his comfort zone of what he was familiar with so he would know that God does great things, but God cannot do great things if we're not letting, willing to let go of some things that we're comfortable and we're used to and we hold on to. Unless we're willing to step into some areas that we're unfamiliar with, that are unclear and unsure, that doesn't make sense and my brain can't comprehend it, and what Jesus wanted him to know is, I, I, I need you to call and listen to my voice. I need you to follow me. See, he's our safety net. He's our protection. The Bible says, and when they were in the ship, and they, uh, they came into the ship and worshiped him, saying, of truth, thou art the son of God. See, all this comes all the way full circle. And you say, why does God do this? Why does God pull us out of our comfort zones and everything? For one big reason. So that through our lives and through our circumstances and the lessons that he teaches us, that we can step back and say, man, I serve the great I am. I serve God, creator, leader, the one that's, that has everything in control. 
And you see, if God's calling you out of your comfort zone, he's doing it for one big reason. It's that's to bring God glory and to work through your life. But I've got to warn you, it might get uncomfortable. And you might have to let go of some things. You might have to change some things. You might have to move your position and get from where you're comfortable to a place that you won't be very comfortable. And it might be scary. And it might freak you out a little bit. But I can promise you, God has big plans. He had big plans for Peter and he has big plans for you. But the only way you're ever going to experience is you've got to be willing to leave your comfort zone.